This is cold. Don't be afraid. Mate. You have stolen my dreams. A green hydrogen powerhouse. Let's talk about climate change. Yeah, something new and different he's bringing to Radio National Climate Alarmism. I mean, honestly. How dare you? This is the last chance. This is the Carbon Counter, your look at news in a decarbonising world and climate economics. And as you're standing there at the petrol bowser, paying, what, more than $2 a litre for petrol, you might have also wondered to yourself, who is making all this money when it comes to the price of petrol? In fact, if you bundle together the world's five biggest oil companies, that of BP, Chevron, ExxonMobil, Shell and Total Energies, collectively... They made almost $200 billion in profit last year. How can that be? How are these companies making so much and what are they doing with these riches? Tim Buckley is the founder and director of Clean Energy Finance. He's uh, returning to RN Drive. Good to have you, Tim. Good afternoon, Andy. First question, in this day and age where renewable energy and the industry around it is growing... How did big oil make that much profit? Was it purely the war in Ukraine or something else? No, it's a very good question. And as you said, over $200 billion of profit, like the largest collective profit from that group of companies in their entire history, it is largely on the back of the sanctions against Russia. Russia is the second largest exporter of fossil fuels in the world. Australia, number three, we're a massive war profiteer on the back of Putin as well. But those companies are making obscene war profits, and yet the vast majority of the 7 billion people on our planet are paying the price. So everyone across Australia is seeing absolutely rampant uh, fossil fuel price rises, as you said, every time we fill up our cars, every time we buy gas, every time we pay for electricity, we are seeing hyperinflation. And by the way, Every time we pay our mortgage, we're now paying dramatically more on our mortgage than we were last year because of the general systemic inflation that the fossil fuel industry has inflicted on the rest of the world as they make their war profits. But if that is true, that it's largely down to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that doesn't, to my mind, explain why uh, prices were already tracking up. I mean, the oil price did immediately spike after the invasion, but it was already on the way up. So what does that trend say to you? There's something else in this. Yes, it was pretty pretty clear that Putin was restricting exports, particularly to Europe. So he was deliberately destocking all of the bunkers, all the fossil fuel bunkers across Europe, in anticipation of invading Ukraine in order to have Europe uh, controlled sufficient so they couldn't respond to his invasion of Ukraine. So he was planning this a year in advance. He's obviously very strategic. And even though their volume of exports have declined, the value of Russia's fossil fuel exports have gone through the roof as have Australia, because even though, as you're saying, the oil price has gone up double or triple, the gas price, the LNG price went up tenfold, the coal price went up tenfold. So the amount of extortion by this group of fossil fuel companies inflicting on everyone else a massive amount of hyperinflation in all things to do with energy all around the world. Now, the key issue is they are not investing in solutions. They are not redeploying their windfall profits in building out capacity, but they're also well aware the world needs to accept and act on the climate science. 
and it needs to do that at scale. So the last thing the industry wanted to do was go and redeploy all that money, building a whole lot more oil and gas that the scientists are saying we clearly can't afford to use. So briefly on those dividends that they're paying to investors, why is that unusual for large companies outside of Australia to do that? Yes, in in the rest of the world, Australia's got a unique culture where we do have a very high dividend payout ratio that harps back to the Paul Keating financial industry reforms on imputation that encourages companies to pay tax in Australia and pay out dividends. What What a breath of fresh air, but most international corporates don't pay much in the way of dividends. And so they are literally, they are doing massive, massive dividend payments. And on top of that, they're doing massive share buybacks. So Chevron alone has announced they're doing a $75 billion share buyback because they are literally rolling in so much money as everyone else is paying the price. They don't know what to do with it. So they're buying back their shares. But the one thing they're not doing is investing aggressively in building new supply, particularly zero emissions energy solutions that the world needs. So we certainly can't rely on BP, Shell, Chevron, Exxon or Mobil or Total to uh, to actually invest in the uh, solutions the world needs. Well, let's look at BP for a moment. In 2020, its uh, chief executive, Bernard Looney, uh, set out to make significant strides in trying to overhaul the company and its carbon emissions. It was kind of labelled ambitious at that time, given all this money that they're swimming in, has he given up on this overhaul and this this agenda now that there is so much money around? It is an absolutely key key point you ask, Andy. Yes, is the answer. Bernard Looney was probably in my 35-year financial markets history, I've never seen a CEO of a big corporate give a maiden speech that is so aligned with the climate science. This is a global emergency. This is a global imperative. BP is going to shift. And he did. He tried. He sacked half of the top 250 management um, that reported to him in order to bring in younger innovative people who weren't sort of with 30, 40, 50 years experience in the fossil fuel industry. But at the end of the day, his shares have underperformed as commodity prices in fossil fuels have gone through the roof. So last week when they announced their results, BP, BP's CEO, Bernard Looney, did walk back a lot of the commitments he made two years ago. He just says there's too much money to be made from fossil fuels and if the rest of the world's not going to move, why should BP um, shoulder too much of the burden? So a really disappointing move because he was clearly the CEO of all of the oil and gas majors globally who was embracing the science and acknowledging the existential threat to our economy, our planet, and the need to invest hundreds of billions of dollars in the solution. So the next question logically then is if we're seeing the industry thumb its nose at climate change, uh, the fossil fuel industry that is, even when it has significant money to invest in solutions, Where does that leave governments around the world, not just here in Australia, but all around the world? Yeah, we've seen a huge global concerted response to the climate science in the last 18 months. I mean, President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act is an absolute game changer globally. Like the headline number was 369 billion, but the Department of Energy loan program doubles that amount. So we're talking about 800 billion US dollars stimulus, taxpayer stimulus to the US industry. It was all about 
pushing back on China's absolute global dominance of all the decarbonised industries of the, of the future. But we then saw Japan in December last year announce their GX roadmap, a 20 trillion yen subsidy to drive Japanese industry decarbonisation. Just this week, we've seen the EU announce the... Um, their Net Zero Industry Act, which is going to double the EU subsidies going towards decarbonisation. So we are seeing a global global push by governments to acknowledge the science and invest in the industries of the future, the way China's been doing for a decade. Yeah, fascinating to see if there will be this uh, split between the ambitions of governments and the ambitions of the heavy polluting uh, fossil fuel companies. Tim Barkley is the founder and director of Clean Energy Finance. Always a pleasure. Thanks for your time, Tim. Thanks, Andy. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.